0: Hello, and welcome to Thrive, a podcast that gives you strategies and inspiration to help you live your best life.
1: Learn from us, two cancer survivors, as we show you how we don't just survive, but thrive. Hi, I'm Dara Kurtz, creator of crazyperfectlife.com, a place to go to help you find meaning each day, and author of the book Crush Cancer, the book I needed when I heard those terrifying words, you have cancer, available on Amazon.
0: Hi, I'm Garth Callahan. I am a 7 time cancer thriver. But more importantly, I am also the original napkin notes dad. I've been writing notes to my daughter Emma and sticking them into her lunch ever since kindergarten. Hey, we are going to be talking about something that has been uh, in my mind for the past couple of weeks and it's heroes and stories. So we're, we're talking about how everybody is the hero of their own story today. And I know when I first brought this topic up to Dara, she was, how would you say, somewhat less than enthusiastic? I think you you weren't sure what direction I was going in.
1: I never know what direction you're going to go in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I'll tell you why I wanted to talk about this. In the past couple of weeks, I've actually had two instances where I was either talking about or listening to a story about heroes, and it really got me to thinking, and I'll tell you how I started this. I was in Chicago with my niece attending a if you can imagine, Star Wars convention. One evening while we were there, I went down to the bar to grab a drink. And I was really interested in the technique that the bartender was using to make my my drink. It was something I had never really seen before. She mixed all of the ingredients together, shook them up, and then poured them over ice. So the drink was a little bit warmer than normal, but it, was, it, it just had such a fantastic taste and, and texture to it. And so I commented to my niece that I have really high standards when it comes to cocktails. And do you know why, Dara?
1: I have no idea, Garth.
0: <laughs> Um, You know what? We're such good at improv You're, you, because, <laughs> because you could have just sat there and said no and just been done, right? Uh, but you threw it back to me. I like that. I bartended through college. The last two years of, of college, I worked in two different restaurants. And I don't want to say that they were really high-end restaurants, but they were upper middle American type restaurants. One was attached to a hotel. One was in a resort area in the Adirondacks. And in fact, the one in the resort area, they didn't even have beer on tap. And the owner didn't want to have the, the smell or the having to deal with the cleaning. But it was the first restaurant that I ever was aware of that had wine on tap. Mm. Yeah. So um, we had kegs of wine in the basement that were brought up and uh, that's how we served our house wine. And so I learned how to bartend from a guy who was a little bit older than me and his dad. They owned and ran the restaurant. And I really loved working in a restaurant environment because it was all about how do you mix flavors together, not just for drinks, but how do you mix different food flavors together to make something that is delicious and delightful to your customer. And so I kind of grew up in that, you know, I was just learning how to to drink myself and really learned how to make good cocktails and also appreciated good quality ingredients, right? So nothing with corn syrup in it, always use real sugar, use freshly squeezed juice and just really make a good cocktail and so i'm getting to the hero part of the story now <laughs> so about a decade or so ago we were out to dinner with some of our friends and we were at a little restaurant called can can downtown in richmond on Kerry street that's a french style restaurant and i ordered a vodka gimlet and dar do you know what a vodka gimlet is
1: I know what it is, but I'm not really a big drinker.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, so between the two of us, that. yeah, it's definitely me. Um, so a vodka <laughs> gimlet is kind of like a martini, a vodka martini, except it uses vodka and sweetened lime juice. And in many bars, they buy pre-sweetened lime juice. That's not my style. That's not how I would do it. But I understand that that's how a lot of restaurants and bars do it. So I, I ordered this gimlet, and it is absolutely my favorite drink. I know how it should be made. I know how it should taste. There's no question about it. You know, I'm not ordering something that somebody just created. This is a classic drink. The waitress brought me my drink and I took a sip of it and it was lime juice and vodka, just plain lime juice. So it was really tart and not, not delicious. So for the first time in my life, I sent something back. Mm. I have never, and I think it's because I worked in restaurants when I was younger, I, I don't ever send anything back. Really? Yes. Um, I have a phobia about it. I mean, it's not even a phobia. I know.
1: I'm always kind of like, I have sent things back, and there definitely have been times when I'm I really feel like I need to send it back. Because, I mean, let's be honest, I'm actually a really picky eater we're not going to go there today you but are. i'm always kind of worried like okay if i send this back is the waiter or waitress going to get upset and are they going to like spit in my food or like take their finger and like put i don't know it's not a horrible thought to have but i always think like hmm is it safe to send it back
0: well so uh, i'm not
1: anyone mad
0: yeah on that note i can say in my limited experience in those two restaurants i never saw anything like that um, I did see a lot of other shenanigans,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, you know, the that's chef. That's what
1: I'm talking about. I well, don't want but, any shenanigans it, in the food. Well,
0: so no shenanigans in guest food.
1: Okay. Well. Right?
0: That, I never saw that. That's um, good to know. So I have this thing that I've never sent anything back. So I, I just, I apologize profusely and I tell the waitress, I'm sorry, this just is not right. And I don't go into the whole, I used to be a bartender thing. I'm just like, it, it's not right. It's, It's my favorite drink. Can you please have the bartender make another one? And the bartender sends out another drink and it's the same exact thing.
1: Hmm. Did you say why you didn't like it?
0: Uh, well, I, I, I don't think did that I did. you say
1: This is tart. I need some sugar. Well,
0: I, I, I know <laughs> that I di- I couldn't have said that the first time because the second one came out and it was the exact same thing.
1: Okay. So then what did you do?
0: So then my sarcastic dry sense of humor kind of uh-huh. escaped a little bit. And I looked at the waitress and I said, I have to ask you a question. Are you dating the bartender? And of course, <laughs> D- Dara and I can see each other. And she has this. look had like on her face like that
1: they were dating.
0: No, 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 no. Okay. But I, I, <laughs> I'm leading into this. And the reason why right. I asked this is uh-huh. I actually dated a waitress. I actually dated They're two okay. waitresses in, okay. in my time as a bartender. I don't think that's totally uncommon. Yeah. Um, and she kind of got, got this look on her face and she said, no. Um, and I said, good, because he is awful. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't want to insult her and the bartender at the same time if they were dating. And I said, this is just this isn't right. This is the worst gimlet I've ever had. And I, I was being polite, except mm-hmm. for the little sarcasm bit. He's not making it right. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, the bartender is coming out to the table with all of the ingredients that I could use. And he's like. There, you go ahead and make it.
1: Nice.
0: And I did. And so I've told that story a, a number of times since it happened. And as I was telling it this time to my niece, she turned to me and she said, "Gosh, you know, in this story, you're the villain." Yes, you were the villain. You were that
1: mean, you're that mean guy who like keeps sending things back.
0: Yes, and I never to be brutally honest, I never once considered the fact that I was the villain because I was ordering this drink and it wasn't coming out right. So how could I be the person yeah, you. Yeah. In the wrong? Yes. Right. And so I, the storytelling and the conversation I had with my niece afterwards really started me to think about, you know, in most stories, in order for there to be a hero,
1: there, there has, has to be to uh, villain,
0: right? Somebody on the opposite side—a protagonist and an antagonist—and yes. then right after this, I'm listening to a podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. It's sci-fi, so I won't bore anybody with with the details. They started talking about heroes and how everybody's the hero of their own story, right? So in this case, the bartender's the hero of his own story, right? Because yes. he, he came back out. He came out to the the the, the, the mean customer. With all of the drink ingredients and said, hey, uh, if you can do it better, go ahead and do it yourself.
1: I think we can choose to be the hero of our own story if we want to be, or we can be the villain of our own story. We actually can make that
0: choice. I agree. And the thing is, most stories don't do that. And most stories, they don't allow the protagonist to become the antagonist. Because that's that's really tragedy. It's not a, a an uplifting story. And in this story, very specifically, from my point of view, I was the hero, although not very heroic, sending a drink back. But from the bartender's point of view, I was clearly the villain. Yeah. And I think part of that is having the ability to point at the other story and say that's wrong.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. So how did you resolve it?
0: Well, I mean, I haven't resolved it because this event happened, you know, right, 10 or but did 15 you end years up, ago.
1: Did they end up making it? Did you make it right? Oh, or did they Did so they I, take I, it off your bill?
0: Or I what was the unna- bottom line? Um, so I honestly don't remember anything after that except <laughs> that I did go ahead and make my own drink. Gotcha. Okay. Um, you know what's and, funny?
1: I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they, you're going to find this to be very interesting. That podcast, it was talking about being assertive and not settling for things that you don't necessarily want. And they specifically referenced, if you're at a restaurant and you get something that you don't want, you actually should, in a nice, kind, respectful way, send it back. So, I mean, maybe we could stay in that space a little bit and figure out why you haven't felt comfortable sending things back before.
0: Well, uh, okay, so I have (laughs) um, I I think a lot of it obviously stems from the fact that I worked in restaurants and the first restaurant when I was bartending, they only allowed me to bartend five days a week. That's a lot. Well, but I was I was trying to save up to pay for college. Right. I was in between uh, the school years. And so I really wanted to work as much as I could. And so I also waited tables one day a week and they were closed one day a week. So I worked as much as I could. I absolutely get if somebody's made a mistake or. Yeah, but
1: you're paying for something. So like, even if it's not a mistake, if you get something and it's not exactly what you had hoped it would be, I think that, look, I don't know. I think it depends on the situation, but like recently I ordered a coffee and I asked for the cinnamon to be put in the milk when it was froth. That is my new favorite way to have my coffee. And the person made it and she said to me, oh, no, I forgot to put the cinnamon in the milk. Do you want me to make it again? And I said, you know what? No, I don't want to waste it because there's nothing wrong with it. So, I mean, there are definitely times when you kind of, you know, can think about it, but. She also recognized that if I'd wanted the cinnamon in there, she would have been happy to do it.
0: Well, and that was great on her part. Uh, yes. Well, I, I think my classic example is I really don't care for cheese on my salad most times. Okay. right? Right? So, and, you know, That's every That's actually rest-
1: great. That's so much healthier.
0: Yes. Um, I wish I didn't. I don't think it adds. I think in most salads, the cheese doesn't actually add.
1: Okay. I have to disagree with you there.
0: I, I, I understand. I Like I,
1: actually a hard disagreement.
0: Um, I think that- Particular salads, a blue cheese adds to the the salad. Okay, never.
1: All right, I feel like we were so off topic today.
0: (laughs) Well, oh yeah, yeah. So let's go back to the heroes. Um, So I think that when a story like this, and and obviously we'll start to relate this to bigger things other than Garth and his vodka gimlet, but the story kind of starts to turn tragic when the hero realizes that he's actually... The villain. The villain. That he's wrong. And if, if we stretch this a little bit further, you don't necessarily have to be the villain to be wrong in somebody else's viewpoint. Yeah. And I think that you and I, because we're somewhat public, we are exposed to that a little bit more than the average person, right? So how many times have you and I gotten up to speak or we talk about our book or we talk about our blog or our podcast. And there's somebody in the audience who just doesn't buy it. Right. right? They either, you know, they roll their eyes or they're not connecting with you or they think maybe they're also a cancer patient and they just don't want to hear about cancer anymore.
1: Not everyone is going to like you.
0: Right. Not everybody's going to like you. You have to recognize that, that you aren't the best piece of cake for everybody.
1: Yeah. So that doesn't bother me that much anymore. I mean, when I first started Crazy Perfect Life and I was first out there, it did maybe bother me. Like, you know, I would put something out there and I would – if someone said something like, this doesn't make any sense or I don't get it or whatever. But now it just – you know, it is what it is and not everything's going to resonate with everyone every time and that's okay.
0: I used to be really – I'm sorry?
1: Did it, I was going to say, did it bother you when someone oh.
0: – Absolutely. And and it bothered me to the point where, really? if I posted something that, and, and you've read my napkin notes, right? Yeah. I would say 99.9% of my napkin notes are very positive, uplifting messages yeah. for Emma. Yeah. First and foremost, they're for Emma, but I'm sharing them exactly. because maybe you could get something from them as well. Right. But I would post something and somebody would unfollow or hide the message and i could i would literally think to myself oh my goodness this is just a, like a really positive message what you you don't want positivity in your life
1: you know i actually think i was with you one time when you realized <laughs> that and i remember you kind of reacting this way going like oh my gosh what is it they don't want any like happy joy n- nice message in their day but it doesn't matter you know at the end of the day you have to feel good about what you're doing. You have to be your own hero. You have to like get to the point where you feel confident and feel really good about what you're putting out there and your reason behind it and not worry about pleasing other people because you're not going to please other people. You can't please someone who isn't, you can't please someone who doesn't, even want to be pleased. Like there are actually people who enjoy being unhappy and enjoy being negative. Yeah, and absolutely. and they yeah, and they like looking for things and putting other people down. And you're never gonna please that type of person. And by the way, if you are that kind of person and you're listening to this podcast Bravo, you know,
0: actually. Hey, you know what? You're stepping out of your comfort zone.
1: Yes. Okay, bravo. (laughs) And then also ask yourself, you know, why? What can I do to help myself maybe change a little bit to feel better? And because I do believe everyone does deserve to be happy. Everyone does deserve that. They just have to decide it for themselves. Right.
0: Everybody has the ability to change that outlook. Yes. Right. And and so if I read it. Let me
1: ask you a question. Sure. So everyone has the ability to change their outlook. Yes. But you have been through a lot of shit in the last 8 years. True or false?
0: Oh, yeah, that would be true.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you are a very positive person today. True or false? True. Okay. So, one could argue that, you know what, Garth has been through a lot of shit. He, you know what? If anyone's entitled to be kind of a villain or a Mr. Grumpy Face, it would be you. But why aren't you that person?
0: Because it doesn't serve me well.
1: Okay, good. Right. And then I,
0: I recognize that.
1: When did you recognize that?
0: Oh, it, it was a couple of years into my first, you know, after okay. my first cancer diagnosis. Okay.
1: So, were you, does that mean you were kind of in a space of the sucks? I was dealt a really unfair hand for a couple of years. And then you were kind of like, I'm getting on my own nerves and I got to figure something out?
0: I, I was. I okay. think that I did, I really did my best to like hide those feelings. I didn't necessarily, you know, if I was Mr. Grumpy Pants, I didn't necessarily, by the way, I don't think I've ever said, the phrase Mr. Grumpy Pants in my life.
1: Doesn't it feel good? Mr. Grumpy Pants. <laughs> I feel like
0: I should be on like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or Sesame Street. Yeah. Um, I
1: It's a beautiful I, day in the neighborhood. <laughs>
0: um, I don't, you know, I, I really tried to fake it. Okay, um,
1: that's, that's actually healthy in a I, way.
0: I think it can be. And yeah. I will say that as time grew on, that- um, Maybe it got harder and harder to fake it. Absolutely. It got much more difficult. And that shadow of um, of cancer kind of really started to overtake a lot of different things in my life. And, And admittedly, the shadow is almost always there.
1: Yes. I mean, that's the reality. How could it not be?
0: Right. And so I have to choose to to kind of make that change. And I have to recognize my role
1: so the shadow and cancer is kind of your villain. It's kind of your daily villain.
0: It it is.
1: So how do you do you do that on a daily basis? Like literally, when you wake up in the morning, are you kind of like, do you give yourself a pep talk?
0: On, on my good days, I do. Yeah. Right. I mean, let's let's be honest. On, on my good days, I have woken up. If you're um,
1: feeling good, I'm sure that drives some of it.
0: I well, if I feel good, if I don't feel good, how can I get to a space where I might feel good?
1: Yeah, if, I like
0: that. If and if I'm absolutely not going to get into that space, how do I minimize that impact on whatever else I might have to do that day? Like honestly, if, if I have to work for that yeah. day, yeah. I have to recognize, okay, I I might have to interact with some people on the phone. I might have to, you know, I plan my day a little bit more effectively. And really what I'll do is I'll, I'll sit down and I'll say, okay, here are the high points of the day from a productivity standpoint, from an interaction standpoint, and how can I get to a good space where I am not bringing the conversation down? Because the one thing I don't want to do, especially with work, is to allow my um, my negativity to impact what I'm saying or doing.
1: So do you recognize that, based on everything that you just said, when you do that, you are actually being your own hero. Do you recognize that?
0: Um, I don't think that I'm self-aware at the time. But when I look back, I think, oh, yeah, you know what? Yesterday was a pretty good day. It didn't start out that good. But I got into a conversation and helped somebody to do something. Or, you know, one of the great things about my job is that I'm a problem solver and so
1: and you like that
0: I do like that and I can help people solve some problems the challenging thing is that very few people call me up and say hey Garth don't need you today everything's great
1: well so I think these are really powerful words that you're sharing with people today though and you know the story about the drink blah 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 but at the end of the day these are some really powerful words and That is that people see you on social media and they might think, oh, you know, Garth is dealing with this, but he's so happy. He's got it all figured out, blah, blah, blah. But the truth of the matter is the cancer is a it is a daily villain for you and you are constantly overcoming it, working through it, being your own hero really on a day-to-day basis. And that's what I really hope everyone gets to the point where they recognize that they deserve to be their own hero, regardless of what the villain is in their own lives. Because we all have things that we deal with. Life is full of messes and ups and downs and good and bad times and challenges. And we have to recognize how we can be our own hero. And what does that look like for me? That might be very different than what that looks like for you.
0: Well, and I think that everybody has to recognize what their small wins might be, right? Yes. So for me, a big win is a scan that comes back with no negative results, right? That's a, that's a huge okay. win.
1: But you can't control that, Garth. I, I well, mean, I can't you really... control
0: it. Well, okay. but also you... even when I win, those wins are three to four months apart at this point. Those don't carry you for 89 days until your next scan. But getting up, and walking my dog and go enjoying the day purpose, enjoying the day yeah recognizing that i have a nice cup of coffee or i've got a, a nice cup of tea waiting for me when i get back from walking the dog and actually choosing to look at the small things as wins is very helpful and i i think that that's really important for people when they are struggling with I, whatever barrier they have.
1: I think it's important for people regardless of whether or not they have any struggles in their lives. If you if you get to the point where you lose the ability to appreciate the simple pleasures in life, then I feel like you're really missing out on so much joy and happiness. I never want to get to the point where I don't appreciate, you know, all the butterflies sitting on the mailbox, or the beautiful flowers, or a delicious cup of tea, or just hearing a giggle from my daughter. Like I never want to get to the point where those things aren't special to me anymore. And I, and nice,
0: I, ha- I have I that nice for four everyone. Li- a nice four-leaf four nice, clover.
1: A nice four-leaf clover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you know what? I mean, that's the key right there. Is traveling through your day and appreciating the little moments. Sure, the big moments are great. The um, the big events, the wins, the new job, the raise, the, the, the new speaking gig, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, life is really made up of little moments.
0: Well, and so tying this back to everybody's the hero of their own story, if I'm the hero, and we'll go back to the restaurant situation because that's how we started the conversation. I would say that obviously i I wouldn't villainize the bartender, um, of course, I,
1: of course not. Right, he was just I, doing his best job
0: right. and hopefully fifteen years later, he doesn't villainize that one customer who was just a complete jerk to him and made made him I don't bring I out don't all think all you are a jerk.
1: I mean, the thing is is that you could have been a jerk, and that would have been really sucky of you,
0: yes, and uh, again, Outside of the little sarcasm comment that I had to the waitress, I think that I tried to handle the situation tactfully. But in both of those cases, the the two people probably felt that they were in the right. And just because it is actually possible, and this is where a certain level of maturity kicks in, it is possible for both of those people's opinions and viewpoints to be totally, completely valid. And opposite. Yes. And so when that happens, the ability to not let the other person detract from your heroicness, right? Your situation, that is a massive win for both parties. Your situation doesn't have to be positive positive in making the other person's situation negative.
1: Yeah, I love how you're saying that. I mean, basically another way to say that is you don't have to lose in order for me to win.
0: Right. Absolutely. It is entirely possible to do everything right and still not win.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that does take maturity.
0: It does. You know, frankly and it's, it's not some- always easy. It's not. It's it's something I learned playing baseball and then, and then watching Emma play softball, right? It is actually not uncommon for you to have a perfect game or your team to have a perfect game and you still lost because yeah. the other team was just better. Better, yeah. So I want to, all of this, and, and I'm really happy that I had a napkin note that was perfect for this podcast. I wrote this napkin note back in 2015 to Emma and I wish that I knew what I was thinking when I wrote it. Mm-hmm. I've written so many notes that there are some notes I know very specifically why I wrote that note on that day. Mm-hmm. And but I've also, you know, I've written so many that I can't even remember writing most of them. Thank goodness I saved them, right? So, here's my napkin note for this Thrive podcast episode. Dear Emma, if you're not the hero of your own story, then what kind of story is it?
1: I love that so much. Yeah. Be your own hero. Figure out what it will take for you to feel like you're a winner, to feel like you're a hero, and then do it. Don't hold yourself back. Give yourself permission. Make that choice. And And that's kind of... Go on.
0: It's okay to recognize that you might have detractors.
1: Yeah. Well, that's life, right?
0: I mean, or people that just don't wholeheartedly support your mission, but that's okay. It doesn't take away from the fact that you have a mission
1: doesn't take away from the fact that you have a mission. I love that. So here's the thriving tip today, and I actually really love this. So figure out what it will take for you to recognize the little wins in your day. And tonight when you go to sleep, when you get into bed and you put your little head on your pillow, think about three things that were simple pleasures in your life that happened in this day that you consider to be little wins and then celebrate them and then have I, a really beautiful night's sleep.
0: I love that. And you know, if you really want to take that a step further, write them down and write them
1: yes. down
0: every day for a while, because you'll really start to look back on that list yeah. and recognize
1: what moves you, what speaks to your heart. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Sure.
1: What do you think your little wins were from yesterday? Ready, three, go. Don't think. Oh,
0: gosh. Yesterday. um, Don't think. Go. I had a great salad for dinner with no cheese.
1: Perfect. (laughs) Love it.
0: I didn't walk away from work feeling frustrated. I, I walked away from work feeling that I had a very successful conversation.
1: Perfect. Love it.
0: And I had a fantastic walk with my dog, Charlie, yesterday.
1: Yay. Wonderful. Did you celebrate the wins as you were having them?
0: I didn't mostly because I was so tired and in pain from the day before, but I did go to sleep with a good smile on my face. I read for about a half an hour and felt like this was a good day. Good. I love that. How about you? Go.
1: Um, (laughs) All right. My three things. Ready, set, go. I got some news that in the past would have caused me to be upset. And things didn't go the way I wanted them to go, and it rolled off my shoulders. And that was such a huge win for me because I recognize how much I've grown. And like, I just love the fact that I was like, oh, well, not meant to be moving on. So that was a huge win. Number two, I am wrapping up a huge project that I've been working on for like the last three months since January. Forever, it seems. For, yeah, for three, really since January. And I am so excited about it and staying in that space of just pure joy and. Gratefulness, and then three. um, You know, anytime Avi and I have a beautiful conversation, even if it's just like ten minutes, I get really happy. So I love that connection with my with my daughters, even if it's just like five minutes, ten minutes. And yesterday, she she tossed me a bone, and we had a great ten minute conversation.
0: That's awesome.
1: So. There you go. So go find your wins, celebrate them, write them down, think about them before you go to bed, take a picture and screenshot it and email it to us. You know, we always love to hear from y'all.
0: We'll put our email address in the podcast notes. Make sure you check it out. Thanks for listening. Thrive is created with the hope that we help you develop motivation and inspiration to make your life remarkable. You can find out more about me at com.
1: I invite you to get my free audio download, Reclaim Your Life, at crazyperfectlife.com with tips and tools to help you feel your best. It would mean so much to us if you shared this with your friends and family and left us a review on iTunes. Remember, you deserve to thrive. Thrive Podcast is copyrighted by Dara and Garth.